drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you this weekend from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And unfortunately, this is the start of our off-season editions of Tribe Talk as the Indian season came to a crashing close last week in Chicago and then Washington, D.C. as the Indians, despite 93 wins in this year's regular season, it was not enough to reach the postseason in a very top-heavy American League that saw three teams with 100 or more wins and 93 wins, not enough to even advance to the wild-card round of the postseason. So a good year all around for the Indians in terms of battling through adversity, major injury issues, but they still managed to hang in there into the season's final week. Coming up on this week's show, we will hear later on from Indians manager Terry Francona and president of baseball operations Chris Antonetti. Their end-of-season wrap-up meeting with the Cleveland media. Some interesting news and notes coming from that meeting in terms of roster transactions and expectations for the season to come. And a, a look back at the 2019 campaign, what went well, what didn't go well. So some good stuff there coming up in the second half of our show. Also, we will hear from Oscar Mercado the Indians' outstanding rookie outfielder who certainly entrenched himself not only this season on the ball club but in the team's future plans in that outfield puzzle. But first, we hear from Tribe General Manager Mike Chernoff. We had a chance to catch up with Mike last weekend in Washington, D.C. after the Indians had been eliminated. This was Mike's 16th season with the Cleveland Indians and his fourth since being named general manager of the ball club back in October of 2015. And you get the feeling, and you'll, you'll probably pick this up in our interview with him, that this might have been the most difficult season. It was satisfying from the standpoint of a team that hung in there, but ultimately this team expects to reach the postseason. And when we visited with Mike last Saturday, the day after the Indians were officially eliminated, he said, indeed, very difficult times for this ball club due to not reaching the postseason? <laughs> the 24 hours after, not the best time. Um, look, it's emotional. We are here to try to win. And so when you have the three games that we did and, you know, your season comes to an end a couple of days early, it's really hard emotionally. I do think, um, and we're not in the dugout with the team, so we can take some of this perspective of seeing some of the amazing things that we have accomplished uh, throughout the course of the year and especially fighting through adversity in the second half of the year this year. So I think there's a lot to be a proud a lot to be proud of, but it doesn't make it any less painful when you have these moments. And I'm sure perspective will come into play as you get further away from it, but is that the toughest part right now is to have that perspective? 
Yeah, no doubt. In the moment, that's the hardest thing for sure. You know, you put everything you can into getting into the postseason as a team. And I think we we accomplished a lot. This team is going to win somewhere between 93 and 95 games. That is, if you had told me at the beginning of the year, especially with the injuries and adversity we face, if we could do that, would we have a really good shot to make the postseason? I would have felt great about that. Unfortunately, we're sitting here and are not going to be in the postseason. And that in particular is hard for us. And uh, they talked about some perspective and, and some of the good things that have happened. And as, as you do look ahead, how much can you gain from a season that's been a rarity, the Indians not going to the postseason? Well, I think a couple of things. One, in the past seven years since Tito got here, these are going to be games five and six that we've ever played where we didn't have a shot to be in the postseason. So that in itself tells you the type of environment that we've had here over the past seven years. And I think looking ahead there were a lot of positives despite playing two games where we're not going to be in the mix there have been huge positives in terms of the infusion of young talent onto this team finding out about a lot of guys and seeing some of our young players take advantage of huge opportunities you know I don't think we would have expected ever to see guys like Aaron Savali, Zach Plesak, Oscar Mercado those types of guys come in and do what they've done but they've really established themselves uh, as real contributors to the team. And I think those types of things going forward are huge for us. And then maybe it's too early to, to look at, at what's next. What is next? And, and it does seem like maybe this offseason there's not as much on the plate as there was a year ago in terms of contract issues and things like that. Yeah, I don't know what the offseason is, off is going to bring. We've been entirely focused on uh, trying to get ourselves into the postseason. But you know, like you said, we're bringing back a lot of our guys. And so, and, and even getting some of our guys back healthy, right? When hopefully Cookie and Kluber can be back in the rotation next year. And, you know, we're looking at a very strong and very different rotation than what we had for most of the year this year. Um, so I think we're optimistic about the group that we have. I think we need to continue to think about the short-term competitiveness and long-term health of the organization. How that's going to play out, I don't think anybody can tell you that, uh, given where we are right now. Those are the types of things that, over the next couple of months, we'll be digging into. Uh, Mike, I know on, on your department's end of things, there was a constant juggle, it seemed like, all season long, and somehow you got it down to that last week of the season. Thanks so much for your time all year long. Thanks, Rosie. That's Indians general manager Mike Chernoff, and uh, he and Chris always very gracious with their time throughout the season, joining us each weekend on Indians warm-up. Well, stay tuned. When we come back, we will hear from Oscar Mercado, Indians outfielder, after this short break on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with a Progressive Box. I wrote this next song for a gal from Cheyenne. Should never have told her how Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats. She said if they could love her pooch as much as she did, then so could I. Well, I couldn't. This next song's called Cat Person. It was a rough, rough night in Wyoming. The cat was out of the bag. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Freeman's the winning run. He's at third. Martin at second, Lindor at first. One out, tenth inning, game deadlocked at a run. But we've been here before. Both teams have had bases loaded, one out tonight, and that scored. The pitch. Swung on line right to left. Base hit. The Indians win it. A game 
winner, the first in the Major League career of Oscar Mercado. He walks the drive off with a line drive single down the left field line. He's getting mugged, not mobbed, out by second base. And the Indians are a two to one winner in 10 innings tonight on the first major league walk-off game-winning hit by Oscar Mercado. It's the fourth time this year the Indians have had a walk-off win. And it took the Indians 10 innings, but they're now 5-2 and two on this road trip with this 2-1 to win over the Cincinnati Reds. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And don't forget, each week you can tune in to Tribe Talk on the Indians radio network, usually in the late afternoon hours. But check your local station on the Indians radio network to find the airtime for Tribe Talk each week. We are also available on Indians.com, all the archived editions there, and also as a podcast on Apple iTunes and the iHeartRadio app, so you can download the podcast and listen to our shows each week whenever you like. Well, the Indians got a great boost this season from outfielder Oscar Mercado. At the age of 24, his first major league season turned out to be extremely impressive. Remember now, he was not called up until the month of May and ended up hitting 269, ended up with 15 home runs, and finished with 54 runs driven in. And along the way, some stolen base action, too. He was 15 for 19 stealing bases and made some great catches in the outfield as well, really settling into center field after the trade deadline for the Indians. And this from a player who did not turn to the outfield until he was in A ball with the St. Louis Cardinals organization. The Indians acquired him last summer in a deal that flew under the radar to most in exchange for a couple of minor league outfielders going the other way. And Mercado proved to be quite an addition for the Indians. He worked extremely hard in the offseason to make some advances with his swing, and it really seemed to pay off for Mercado and the Tribe. We had a chance to visit with the Tribe center fielder last Sunday in Washington before the Indians' final game of the year. And in addition to talking about plans for the offseason, looking back on the season gone by and those that helped him get through his rookie campaign, he talked about his plans for that final regular season game and how he planned to enjoy it. You know, it's a chance. It's a chance to just go out there and enjoy another game with my teammates. Um, you know, hopefully we finish off. Hopefully we're looking to finish off with a win and get a chance to go into the uh, offseason on a positive note. We didn't. We didn't. We came up a little short, but we know that uh, the future is bright there for for this team and this organization, and we're excited uh, for what's to come. And personally, from where you were in spring training, I, I know you made a, a really good impression in spring training, but uh, confidence-wise, did you feel that, that at some point in time you'd get the opportunity to do what you've been able to do? Yeah, um, I just I, I knew that all it, take, all it takes is an opportunity up here. Um, not just the case with me, but with anyone. Um, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. You get the chance uh, to prove yourself, and you either do it or you don't. Um, I was fortunate enough to be put in an incredible position by the organization. Um, they gave me the chance to to play every day, and they gave me the chance to to kind of earn my stripes. And you know, every day was a chance for me to prove prove to to them that I can help this team win. And I couldn't be more thankful. 
Uh, for a lot of players, they come up that first time in the major leagues and, and they end up having to go back to the minor leagues for, for some further development. You seem to be able to battle through the tough stretches and keep them short. What do you think the, the key to that was? What allowed you to do that? Just being surrounded by a good group of guys um, that you know keep you keep you positive all the time. Um, it's crazy because it's baseball, and I you watch superstars like Lindor and Ramirez and Santana, and you you see them go through spurts as well. And you're like, okay, well, no one's perfect in this game. No one's a robot, um, and it makes you realize that like it's just the nature of the game. Uh, Jose, Jose said it best one time. He was like, if you're, if you're a good hitter, you're going to hit. Whether you're struggling or not, eventually you're going to hit again. And that, that actually, like, like it, made, it made a lot of sense because it's true. I mean, you're going to go through your ups and downs, but eventually you're going to come out of them uh, if you stay positive and kind of level-headed. You mentioned that if you're a good hitter, you're going to hit. He's been around a while, so he's done it. As a new player, how tough is that to to know? Hey, I'm a good hitter. I'm gonna hit, even if I'm going through a tough stretch. It's it's you know it's it's a good question because a guy like Hosey, he you watch him, you struggle. You watch him struggle at the beginning, and he was the same guy always. It's like he he knew it was like any day I'm I'm coming out of this and. You could arguably, you could say he was arguably one of the best hitters in baseball the second half. And even, I mean, he got hurt and he comes back and to do what he did. And it just goes to show that he never lost any confidence in himself. He always knew the type of player that he was. So that's the type of confidence that I want to have in myself. Um, Obviously, he's done it uh, for a long period of time. And I still have a lot to prove. But it's almost like fake it till you make it right. Like you just, you want to, you want to. You want to tell yourself and convince yourself that you're a good player and that, you know, things are going to end up working out in your favor at the end. So after you take some time, I'm sure, to to kind of rest up and things like that, uh, what do you work on this offseason so that you're ready to go next spring and and can improve on what is a great base that you've laid down this season? My biggest plan is just to go in the offseason and get stronger, kind of keep going with my routine, working on my hitting craft, you know, my defense, Um, but just working on my strengths. Um, I want to, you know, obviously every year you want to come back and be a better player. And now that I have a year under my belt, I'm going to get the chance. I have the chance, you know, to actually go into an offseason and understand what's uh, what's asked for me and what's needed of me. And the type of player that I want myself to be going down the road and uh, just work on becoming that. And I mentioned you're not the only young player or pitcher who's had good success this year. What has you excited about next season coming in? It's just the fact that, you know, a lot of us, especially young players, were able to come up and, you know, do do what we did and have success. And But the biggest the biggest thing is just health. We're gonna have we're gonna have a healthy team next year, hopefully, and I think that's gonna give us the chance to to really compete and show we fought a lot of adversity. And you know, it would have been nice. It would have been amazing, you know, after everything that we went through, to be able to to be able to uh, head head into the postseason. But we came up a little short, and 
just knowing that we were able to do this with all everything we had to fight through and coming back next year with a health, healthy team, definitely uh, there's a lot to be excited about. This time a year ago, you were adjusting to a new organization. You were still in the minor leagues. You ever think back to that and think, man, what a difference a year makes? Of course, but um, you know, a lot can happen within a span of a year. And I look back, and you, know, you can only smile because um, whenever, whenever you're moving forward and what you love doing, um, it's definitely something that anyone could be happy about. Oscar, it's been fun to watch you to develop and, and have the great season you had. Thanks a lot for coming by. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, and it was a pleasure. That is Oscar Mercado, a bright young man who has some kind of future for the Indians, and again, still just 24 years of age. He won't turn 25 until mid-December, so a lot to look forward to for him and the Indians as they try and cement that outfield rotation for next season. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll hear from Tribe Manager Terry Francona and President of Baseball Operations Chris Antonetti as we continue on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Mercado with a drive. High and deep to right center. It is gone. A majestic blast to right center. And the Indians have a 4-1 lead. And the rookie just keeps on impressing. A two-out, two-run bomb to right center. And Mercado now 13 homers, 48 RBIs. What a future he has. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse back with you at Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland, where earlier this week, Indians manager Terry Francona and president of baseball operations Chris Antonetti met with the Cleveland media to discuss the season gone by, transactions anticipated in the weeks to come, and also a, a sneak peek at the 2020 campaign and some plans as the Indians look forward now to next season. And they started off by addressing the contract option for Corey Kluber and some good news on the Kluber front in terms of his future with the Indians next season. We actually intend to exercise Corey's option and we also informed Jason Kipnis and Dan Atero that uh, we are likely to decline their options. So we've already had conversations with those players, but we technically don't need to do it until after the World Series. How's Corey doing? He's doing great. Actually, he got out and was long tossing by the end of the season. He'll now go home and have a relatively normal offseason and be able to build back up his throwing as he normally would. And once he does that, we'll make sure we stay in close contact with him, make sure he's feeling great and ready to go for the start of next season. Tito, it seems like yesterday, six years ago, I believe we were in the same room. And you were smiling. You were just coming back. You were excited. You were pumped. You were jacked. You still feel that way? S seven. Seven. Pardon me, sir. <laughs> seven. Um, Before the 2013 season. Yeah, um, you know, some sometimes it seems like it was yesterday, and sometimes it seems like a long time ago. 
when I think about my body and how it feels. Um, you go through so much to, to try to get where you want to go. And there are plenty of times when I say some things that, I, that I'm not kind of ashamed of or embarrass myself. But what saves me is I always remember where I'm working and who I'm working with. And it kind of saves the day for me because I was excited to come here seven years ago because of the people. I am more excited to stay here because of the people. So that's kind of how I feel. Very cool. So powerful, they have no other questions. When you look at, at this season, I guess just how do you evaluate it and with all the injuries and how do you kind of look at this season as a whole? I think as a starting point, we're disappointed that we're not still playing. I mean, our goal when we were in spring training is find a way to get to the postseason and win the World Series. It's not going to happen for us this year. But at the same time, we did win 93 games um, most years. That's good enough to get into the postseason. I think this will be the first time that a 93-win team hasn't made the postseason um, since a double wild card started. So in many respects, we did have a successful season in terms of wins and losses. And I think that's a direct testament to, to Tito and his leadership. Uh, we encountered a lot of adversity over the course of the season, and we could have gone a variety of different ways. We were 29 and 30 in the middle of June. We had some injuries to our best players, and I think you know, Tito led our team and to help overcome that adversity. Some by you know, helping the guys that were here continue to grow and develop and have extraordinary years, but also transitioning a group of young players from our minor league system to not only become major league players, but really good major league players. And I think those things led us to you know, get to a point where we were playing meaningful games all the way up until the last few days of the season. Are you going to reach out to Puig's agent? Do you want to keep him? I think we have a lot to work through this offseason, Bruce. Um, we first need to figure out what our plan is, what do we need, and then we'll begin exploring our alternatives. We really enjoyed the time with Yasiel. He made a great impact on our team and um, you know, fit in well within our, within our clubhouse. So we have great appreciation for what he did in his time here. Terry, tying in with that, if the Indians don't come to terms with Puig to keep him, are you confident Reyes can handle right field? He played some with San Diego, I believe. Yeah, I, I don't know if it needs to be right or left. Again, we're going to – the idea is to get him in a position where he can play the outfield at least some of the time so we don't have an everyday DH. And he is really excited about the – what's going to go into that. He's going to try to lose a little bit of weight, get a little bit more mobile. Because it's not just making the plays out there. That's important. But it's being healthy, able to stay out there so he can be productive with his bat. And we've talked to him at length about that, and he's excited to get started on that. Tito, so tax you. You went through the year pretty much in a fight, which a baseball game is, winners and losers, with one arm tied behind your back due to the injuries, due to the players unavailable. Oh, I don't think we look at it like that. Um, we, tr we try so hard to stay in the moment because I think it's, the, it's your best way to be productive. Um, you know, I, we had a meeting when, when it was Clevenger, Kluber, and Carrasco went down. We, we had a team meeting. I told the guys, I said, winning just got harder. Doesn't mean we can't do it, but our margin for error became less. That's just being honest with them. Um, 
and in the end, it, you know, we, we, we didn't we weren't able to spread out games. Like from June on, we won, but it was man, there was a lot of close games. I mean, there was for a team that had ninety three wins, there weren't a lot of ten nothing games. And I think that takes not only takes it out of you emotionally, physically, but it takes it out of your bullpen because you're using your bullpen so many nights and in such in so many leverage situations. So you know, again, I think our guys gave probably more than they had. That's why the last three days I didn't feel good about playing them very much because they had given everything they had. Can you evaluate for next year? Do you assume? I think we make the assumption every year that the teams in our division will continue to get better. Um, but that said, we can't control what they do. I think our focus is how do we build the best team we can for the following season. That was our approach going into this year, and that's going to be our approach going into 2020 is building the best team we can. Hopefully that team is capable of winning the American League Central. and. Winning and accomplishing our ultimate goal, which is winning a World Series. Is bringing back Jason a possibility, or does this feel like it's the end of the road? Yeah, we, when I talked with Jason yesterday, we left that door open. I think we just, what I confirmed is that we wouldn't be bringing him back at his option value, but we would leave the door open and more than anything express a great deal of appreciation for all that he's meant to our team all of the work that he's put in to be, make himself a really good and successful major league player and help us win a lot of games in his time here. Chris, what's the future with Francisco Lindor, especially with the comments that the owner made earlier this year about you know, enjoying while you have him? Will there be any talk about potentially moving him in the offseason if you get a chance to, to make a deal? Yeah, I don't think anything's changed in our mindset on that. Is it? We think Francisco is one of the best players in baseball, and we'd love for him to be here for his entire career. Um, I think Frankie also shares a desire and, and likes Cleveland and wants to be here. We certainly haven't gotten any other, re or we don't have any other reason to think otherwise. But now, just because we have interest doesn't mean that it necessarily will uh, align on values. But I know that we would like that to happen, but we'll have to see how the future plays out. How was Naquin, and realistically, when could he be ready to come back? So. Tyler's doing well. He's in Texas rehabbing. Uh, the initial time frame for his surgery was seven to nine months, which would put him back at some point uh, in the early part to mid next year. Is that there that um, Scott won't be back? Atchison, um, mm -hmm. you mentioned the other meeting. What is the skill set that you're looking for in terms of you know why you decided to go in that direction and to maybe make a move in that um, spot? Yeah, we're just now uh, digging into that. The first thing we did is made the assessment that Atch wouldn't be back. Uh, as Tito shared, we look at it really as a pitching team and how do we build a team with complementary skill sets. So now our process at this point forward is we'll get together with Tito, uh, with Carl, our other pitching group to figure out what are those skills that we would seek in that position and try to find the right person for us. And how much of your, obviously you both have an affinity for the bullpen, it kind of seems to be one of the big parts of this team always. Are you looking in that direction in terms of Trades, free agents, is that something you want to bolster going into the next season? Again, we really haven't dug in too much in our offseason plan, but I think we go into the offseason with a good foundation. I think <clears throat> uh, Tyler Clifford's the only free agent on a bull from a bullpen that performed really well this year, and that's a great starting point to enter an offseason. I mean, you know, you've known us long enough. We never feel we can have enough depth, so we'll always be looking at opportunities to improve, but at least we have a, 
a head start on our offseason planning with that. Chris, what does the departure of John Sherman mean for the payroll for next year? Does that affect anything? No, I have no reason to think it'll have any impact at all. Chris, how much do you benefit? And I think it's very, very cool talking to Bobby D a while back. Is that you have Mercado? Mm -hmm. he's playing for his national team. Oh, Hobart Cabrera is the manager. You know, you, we've got Indians alums all over the world. You still keep in touch with them. They feed guys to you. It's going to be beneficial to you, and you get some gems that way. Absolutely, we try to stay in in contact with our network throughout the world and um, not only for opportunities for guys to continue to play and develop but also for us to gain additional information on players we may be able to bring into the organization. <coughs> Too early to uh, ask about Carlos Carrasco going back to the rotation or becoming a right-handed Andrew Miller in the seventh and the eighth? No, I, I think the hope is, is that we have Carlos back <coughs> starting every fifth day next year. Um, Again, we, we will continue to check in with Carlos and and his make sure his well-being is always first and foremost. But I think we're all hoping and thinking that he will definitely be a starter for us next year. If at some point you have to make adjustments, we've shown we were willing to do that, but I think the hope is he'll start for us. I think that's his hope also. What are you going to have, a nine-man rotation? <laughs> I don't think they'll let me. <laughs> I think uh, I think we we saw this year that you know the old adage when you think you have enough pitching go get more. You know we were really fortunate that some of the younger kids that were pushed ahead of their time came up and not only handled themselves professionally but competed with against men and not only held their own but for some of it even thrived and kept us right in the middle of a pennant race. That's a big ask. So we know that, you know, the, the next wave, I mean, they might've got here a little quicker than we anticipated, but we, but they're, they're, they're something we can win with. Stay tuned. We'll have more with Indians president of baseball operations, Chris Antonetti and tribe manager, Terry Francona after this short break. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's you, Jamie. Don't hang up. You need to hear this. You gotta quit wearing that aviator jacket. Nobody's buying it. I'm sorry you have to hear it from me, but at Progressive, we're all about giving it to people straight. That's why we show our rates alongside our competitors' rates. And when you're helping people find great rates, you don't need some jacket to look cool. Just keep rocking that scarf. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Welcome back to Tribe Talk. It's our final segment from Progressive Field in downtown Cleveland. And let's rejoin Indians manager Terry Francona and president of baseball operations Chris Antonetti. Obviously you mentioned it's a disappointment because you're not in the postseason, but there were a lot of kind of memorable moments this year. Anything specific stick out to either of you? I mean, you know, All-Star Game and all everything that went with this season. For me, everything around Carlos, I think that moment at the All-Star game was uh, incredibly emotional. And then when he took the mound again for that first time in Tampa, it was hard not to have goosebumps. You know, I don't know about, I mean, the All-Star game was be between Bieber and Carlos being there. I think the thing that sticks with me the most was, and it's disappointing, is I wanted our guys to have a chance to pile on because we won something. 
I thought this group was so special, what they had endured and everything they'd gone through. I wanted them to get have that feeling of charging out onto the field and dogpiling, even if it was for one chance to play one game in a, in a, in a wild card situation. And that didn't happen, and I felt bad for that. That's when I talked to the team the other day. That was one of the things I told them was my biggest disappointment was I wanted them to have that feeling. I thought they deserved that. With Kluber, what, what gives you confidence that he'll be able to return to the, the Kluber you've seen in the past? Well, I get, to, I get a different look than, than other people. Like when I come in here early, you know, go back there and swim a little bit, get this temple, you know, in, in the tune. He, I see him back there every day. I see the way these guys work. I mean, Hosey literally willed himself to come back and try to help us. I mean, I don't think he had any business being ready. He willed himself. Kluber does the same thing. He, the way he goes about his work is it's impeccable. And I actually think going forward, this will have been a blessing in disguise. Not that we didn't miss him, because we did. But having him next year, I think we'll be back closer to Kluber the one that we've seen in the past, just because he hasn't. We, we I mean, he, he we rode him pretty hard for six years. That's what you do with great pitchers. Now he got a little bit of a break, even with his body, not just his arm. And hopefully, he'll have one another one of those years in him next year. Tito, what's the biggest thing you think that Roberto Perez gained with playing almost full time, uh, or a lot, a lot more than he did last year, and then the kind of season that he had? No, well, I would consider him full time. I mean, he, you know, that's a lot. He caught, he caught a lot. I don't know where it is in the grand scheme of things with catchers, but I bet you he's right up there. The biggest thing he does, and we knew this going in, was that his ability to, to run the staff, run the game, get his pitcher through that inning, or through that hitter, through the game, and, and eliminate the running game. We probably pitched out less than any team in baseball because of the way he can catch and throw. Then you add what he was able to do offensively, and it, it turns out to be a heck of a year for him. I mean, this kid, he hit the ball at the ballpark, he'd take a walk, but his leadership with the pitching staff is the biggest thing that I don't think you can win with a catcher that doesn't put catching first. A good catcher is going to lose some at bats over the course of a year because he's trying to take care of his pitcher. Tito, kind of talk a little bit about um, Clevenger and how he took that next step in uh, being a pitcher and uh, what you're looking forward to seeing from him in 2020. You know, when he got hurt, I mean, he started out, I think, his first 14 innings. I don't want to say he gave up two or three hits, no runs. I mean, he came out of spring training as locked in as you could be. And then he, then he got hurt. And it was one of those injuries where you look at some other guys that have, that have had those injuries. <clears throat> one guy came back and threw two innings in September. You know, it was like we were really worried. He came back and hit the ground running. And, and as soon as he had a, just a little bit of repetition under him, he got right back to where he was before. I mean, you know, upper 90s fastball, breaking ball that could be – Know, and change up that are all three pitches are above leg average. I mean, just dominant stuff. So we have a guy that, you know, two years ago, 
you know, we burst onto the scene with hair flying, and we didn't know what we really had to a guy now that is going to take some younger pitchers under his wing this winter, guys like Plezak, and push them to be better. That's kind of the cool part of, of the growth of guys. So when I got out there and reached for it, he hit my hand. I said, give me the ball. <laughs> I said, I didn't come out here to shake your And when I came off the field, he was mortified. Like, he was waiting for me. And I say, man, I said, you can, you pitch like that, you can do anything you want. <laughs> Almost anything. They were fun. They were fun to be around. Um, they, that was the they were just, they're good kids. Doesn't mean they're going to be mistake free. Nobody is. But they weren't afraid to learn. They allowed us to coach. They didn't take it personally. And they, they, they did. They made it fun. All right, thanks for coming down, everybody. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. guys. That's Tribe Manager Terry Francona and President of Baseball Operations Chris Antonetti meeting with the Cleveland media earlier this week. And that'll do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Hope you can join us again next week. Thanks, as always, to Brian Matze for helping to put together our shows on a weekly basis. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.